Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Last week we had uh, Ed and Lynn share how the Lord manifested himself uh, through an angel, through, uh, through the Lord while Ed was in the hospital. And uh, I asked Reuben to share 10 minutes. <laughs> So uh, he, uh, he, went to, he went on a missions trip, and so I'd like for him to share 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, Papa. I, I could really, really preach right now. <laughs> but um, I want to just testify the goodness of God uh, in my own life, and I also wanted to really thank each of you for your prayers. Uh, we've had an amazing trip. Uh, but prior, uh, this past December on my birthday, December the 12th at 2 a.m., I heard an audible voice in my room, and it was my name. And it was so loud, I jumped out of bed, or up from bed, and I knew it was God, and I said, Lord, here I am, what's on your heart? And he said, Son, I have called you to go to the nations. Prepare your heart to go to the nations. And I said, yes, I will. Where do you want me to go? And so Iquitos, Peru, flashed right in front of me at 2 o'clock in the morning. And so in the natural, I really didn't have the resources to go. And I said, God, I don't know how I'm supposed to go. And so we had this dialogue, and we were talking, and I was up for about an hour and a half and just praying and just seeking him and and about two weeks later, I heard it again, and it woke me up again. And, I, and the Lord said again, God, I've, uh, son, I've sent you to the nations. Prepare your heart for the nations. Well, when God speaks something to you a second time or the second dream, you didn't get it the first time. So I immediately uh, contacted my uh, leaders that I'm involved with uh, ministry school, and I said, sign me up. I'm going. I don't know how, but I'm going. That night, I had another dream, and in the dream, I saw us uh, starting to put certain monies back uh, for missions through our company. And lo and behold, uh, by the time that monies was due, I had enough money to go. Now, the testament was this week, the Lord had me sell more projects and more contracts with deposits than I've done in years. And I tell you, my God, our God is faithful. If he calls you, if he puts it on your heart, don't look at what you have. Look at what he has. Amen. So the first uh, day we were there, we went um, on a tour. We usually do one day of a tour and it was such a wonderful time. We usually go to um, the Indian tribe down river on the Amazon, down the Amazon River in a tiki boat. Tiki boat's got a, got a roof over it, a thatched roof over it in case it rains. 
Um, you don't get soaked, but uh, we prepare in the natural, and we all buy bought rain suits just in case, because we got quite a trek from the river back to where the Indian tribe is. And um, so we were there a while, and they usually do a dance, and they usually talk a little bit about their tribe, and um, uh, we usually end up having a wonderful time dancing with them. And then they're Christians, and they love the Lord. Uh, this one brother um, had an accident, and his whole um, right side of his, left side of his body was hurting really bad. You could actually see the scars. And um, he had a swelling on his foot, and he couldn't walk uh, very well. And so uh, we ended up praying healing for him, and immediately it was about 50% better. We prayed again, and all the pain was gone, and the swelling started immediately going down in his foot. By the time we left, there was no swelling. And so that was a real kickoff. Yeah, glory, give him praise. That was a real kickoff the first day. And then that just really got us pumped for Sunday morning service because we went about 45 minutes downriver in a tiki boat to a church. And um, we got there, and I'm thinking, wow, Jesus, this is really quite amazing. We went to churches we've never been at. Me and Rachel were there twice to Quito's Peru. This was my third trip. And um, it was really special because there was four, actually there was five of us ministry students and, and our leaders and uh, so it was really an empowerment time because we knew each other. We were really fired up by the Lord all this time in the Word, and we were just ready to give, right? And so um, when ministry time came, they had, us lead, they had all us students up front, and anybody that wanted prayer, I mean, the whole church responded. We were there for hours just praying for people, and we saw people getting healed and people getting delivered and people getting mighty touched by God. The little kids were just amazing, and they were just so saturated in the presence of the Lord as we prayed for them. Little kids like, you know, three, four, five years old would come up for prayer, and they were just so touched, and, you know, people were crying and people were laughing, and people were just majorly touched by the power of God. And um, one of the really special things afterwards, we were invited to the pastor and his wife at their home for dinner. And of course, when you go to their home for dinner, it's an honor, right? I mean, it's a serious honor. They, they make the best of the best, right? And of course, you know, dirt floors and, you know, just uh, things that you don't typically see in the States. And, and you're just like, wow, you know, they made their very best. And uh, one of their best things that they have there is their fish, and their fish are just uh, phenomenal. They're like, I like fish, and probably the most things that I like about fish uh, here in the States is mahi-mahi. Well, their fish tastes better than mahi-mahi. And so it's like uh, a steak, uh, a steak, best steakhouse, you know. And uh, so they made us all kinds of wonderful soup and fish. And, and um, <clears throat> for dessert, uh, we had cane sugar, like pieces of cane sugar. That was our dessert. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you just had things, ate things that you normally don't do uh, or have in the States. And, um, and then Tuesday nights, we went to another church downriver, and uh, that, was a, that was a fun time. Uh, we just had a, an amazing uh, young kids that would just get up and dance and, and do skits and drama and stuff. And then again, all the students were asked to pray for people, and everybody responded. You know, we were sweating bullets, you know, it's hot as all get out. And... Uh, but uh, the power of God just so showed up in so many ways. 
and uh, people again were there was healings, there was deliverances, there was people rededicating our life to the Lord, and it was just beautiful. And we just saw God move so mightily. But probably the highlight of all the trip was uh, we went to a YWAM base uh, Monday to Friday every day and ministered to 14 kids, young adults there. And there was two of them there from the States and one from uh, Ukraine. And they were so, so hungry. And um, they were going, they were teaching on inner healing and deliverance. And these kids' faces and their eyes, their, their, their complexion was changing day by day. Their eyes were getting lit up day by day. To, by the end of the week, they just were on fire. And uh, they were just so thankful and grateful. And they would actually share testimony of what God had done for them uh, that week. And different ones said, I've never had a dream from the Lord before. And I had a dream, you know. And they were just so blessed and so thankful we were there. And then there was a, a ministry school called Mepi Bible School that we went every day as well. So there was a total of about 69 young adults that we were pouring into from Monday to Friday. And there was two services a day. And so we were all part of giving testimonies, sharing the word, ministering, praying. And at the very last day, we had a, a fire tunnel. And uh, so all the kids, all the students who would go through the fire tunnel and um, our leader, which is also called Papa Steve, uh, which is really funny, uh, but um, he uh, said to everybody there, of course, it's always interpreted because Spanish is the main language. He said that you may go through the tunnel two times or more, however many times that you want. And I looked at one of my students. I said, we're going to be here a while. <laughs> and we were. <laughs> and they literally, all of them went through at least twice. I think some of them might have triple dipped. And uh, we were instructed to prophesy, to lay hands on, if any healings, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit had us pray. And it was so amazing because each person, there was like a different prayer or a different word. Or, and you just could feel the Spirit of God just moving. And at one point, I looked back to see what the kids were doing after prayer. And they were all either on the floor or on their knees. And you could sense such a hunger. And you can sense such an empowerment by the Lord. And you're like, man, God, we have the honor here to actually touch the nations because these kids were from all over the world. And, um, you know, and it was just so exciting. It wasn't like we were going out in the streets and reaching the lost, but we were empowering the hungry. We were empowering the thirsty, and we were empowering nations while we were there. And you were all a part of that, and I just really want to thank you. Mama, can I give you a word? While you, were while you were prophesying, I saw this globe over you. And I said, Lord, what does that mean? He says, you have global impact by the words that you speak and the words that you prophesy. And there's global things going to happen. And I saw you just putting your hands on the computer and God touching nations and nations that come on your heart. You're just going to touch like a globe, even like a screen. I see I saw a screen like on your computer. And as you're laying hands on them, God's going to give you a word of the Lord for that nation. And you're going to start shifting nations from your house. And you're going to start seeing things in the spirit concerning that nation. And you're going to speak the word of the Lord and you're going to see it manifest. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. It's another miracle. He did it in 10 minutes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, just to give you a, a little definition of what he, uh, he mentioned, a fire tunnel. In case you don't know what a fire tunnel is, you have a ministry team 
could be uh, 10 people, could be, you know, five, whatever. But uh, you have uh, two lines of ministry team, and then you have the people that want to be ministered to, they come in between the two lines, and you're laying hands on, uh, you're, you're praying for them, you're ministering deliverance, healing, uh, prophetic words, whatever. And so we've done that before in the past, but uh, just in case you didn't know, what's a fire tunnel? <laughs> I don't want to do that, I'll get burned. You don't get burned in a fire tunnel. I mean, unless you need to get burned, but anyway, um, I had something happen to me this morning. I got up at four in the morning, which, you know, I get up at two, whatever. I said, Lord, I started asking, you know, Lord, what do you want me up for? You know, and but anyway, it seems like every I've been preaching over 40 years and it seems like every Sunday morning I get up, I have this sick feeling in my spirit you know and I you know for a while I thought well what am I gonna say well we've gotten over that <laughs> I, you know I know I have something to say uh you know um I just think well you know maybe I'm not gonna do it good enough for the people or whatever but anyway this morning I I sensed that and I said Lord what is that and the Lord said to me, he said, you're a finite individual. That means, finite means limited. It means you, you only, you know, all humans are, are finite. But he said, you're preaching about an infinite person. So how can we as finite preach about all of the wonders and beauties and power and wisdom that God has to offer. And, and I realized that it just, oh, yeah, you know, because it was like almost like a pressure, like, you know, you're preaching about God. You're talking about God. You know, God's not the average Joe. If you're a Joe... You're, you're not just preaching about the average. You're preaching about an infinite, all-powerful, all-loving, compassionate. There is nothing too difficult for you. As a matter of fact, I, there's, there's two particular scriptures I looked up uh, in the Word this morning. Uh, and one is in Jeremiah. It says, Ah, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arms, and nothing is too difficult for you. And then I, uh, then I was taken to that uh, first chapter of Luke where Gabriel comes to, to Mary and starts telling her, and she says, how can this be? And I'm not going to quote the whole thing, but... He says, with God, nothing is impossible. But you know, even a lot of times when we, uh, when we preach and when we pray, we are still doing it through the filter of our mind. Yet we, we know we have limitations. We, we know we have, we, we, we know our limitations, but in reality, God has no limitations. And then I was reminded this morning also, uh, there was a book I had years ago when I went to Bible school. That was a long time ago. And um, I, don't I don't even remember what the book was about. 
but I remember the cover. And the cover was like, uh, it wasn't a cl real clear image, but there was an image of a man, it looked like Jesus in a robe. And because I have this mic, I can't do it. But both hands were behind his back and they were tied with a rope. And the book was basically about limiting God, us limiting God. You know, you can't, you cannot personally, and I cannot personally limit an all-powerful God. But we can limit what he does in our lives because we don't realize the, the awesomeness, the reality of who he is. And so uh, when, like Mary, she had questions, you know, how can this be? And he said, with God, nothing is impossible. And we've got to come to that realization that with God, nothing is impossible. And so I started ministering from the, from the book of John, uh, Gospel of John last week. And my plan is to go through the whole book of John. I'm not going to give it a jogging through John or, or anything like that. Uh, I thought about journey through John. Lifetime journey through John, uh, done halfway through the tribulation, John. But, but I, I realized that, you know, we hear, you know, we know scriptures. You've heard scriptures. I know scripture. I, I, can, I can quote scriptures. But the reality is, do we know the full impact of what the scripture really is? And the bottom line is really that God can take those scriptures because uh, the word is life. He said, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and spirit, the joints of, and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is alive. And in all reality, it's talking about the living word, Jesus, but there's also power in the word of God. The Bible says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. And so I, this is really just an introduction as to because why we're going through the book of John. Because John, in the book of John, he is, he is he's trying to show the world what Jesus it really is. He's not just a good teacher. If you call Jesus a good teacher, you diminish him. If you just call Jesus a prophet, you diminish him. If you just call Jesus a man, you diminish him. The reality is, and I'll, and I'll just say this uh, in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh. And so as we go through the, the, the Gospel of John, I'm praying, you know, you get prayed for every day. Unless I take a break on a day, you know. But pretty much every day, I pray for you. And I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. In other words, that you will grasp the reality of who God is and what God is trying to say to you. 
Because if we just are continue to be limited by our own limitations and imaginations and our own natural knowledge, we will be uh, we, we won't be able to experience all that God has for us. And he has a lot more for us than we are experiencing. And so the, so, so the gospel of John, he is describing to us who Jesus really is. And the whole key to the gospel of John is that you will receive it because you believe. If you, if I've read through the Gospel of John many times, and I've noticed how many times the word believe is used. Believe. And it's not some, it's not some magic wand. It's because faith is not just stepping out, uh, stepping out uh, without knowledge. Faith is stepping out because we have the knowledge. We have the knowledge of God. God gives revelation to us and we step out before we see it manifested and God is faithful to his word. Now with that in mind, I think, well, let me just, uh, we already talked about, and the word was God. Verse three, well, uh, verse three says, all things were made through him, Jesus. So, well, the Bible says in Genesis one, uh, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, that word God there is Elohim. That's a Hebrew word. And it is a plural word. What does plural mean? More than one. More than one. In the big, do you believe in multi gods? No. He says, he says that there is one God, and it is expressed through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I don't think Jesus has to switch suits. Go jump over here and be Father. Jump over here, be the Holy Spirit. Jump. No, because at the baptism, when Jesus was baptized, he was baptized in the flesh. And the, and the scripture says there was a voice from heaven, God the Father, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the spirit came down like a dove. So we see the manifestations of God in the flesh, Jesus, God with a voice, God the Father, and God coming down like a dove as the Holy Spirit. He's not a dove, he just came down like one. Hallelujah. So all things were made through him. Verse four, in him was life and the life was the light of men. You know what? The, to the degree that we open ourselves, open our hearts up, and open our minds up to Jesus and to His life, is how much real life we are experiencing. Amen. You know, you can be on you on you can be on life support, but are you really living? Yeah, I mean, sure, sure, you're you're alive. But you don't want to live, you don't want to be on life support for 20 years, do you? No, you want to be off. You want to get back. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. (laughs) 
Only the old people know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. The cool. The people that experienced the 70s, the Jesus Revolution. Anyway, verse 6. This is where we kind of left off last week. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. And what was John, we're talking about John the Baptist. What was the purpose of John the Baptist? He was to identify the light. He was to identify the word. And as every time I read over this, I see that we as Christians have the same ministry of John the Baptist. John witnessed Jesus. He told what he knew. He didn't make up stuff. He just told what he knew. Actually, in the flesh, John was actually an actual cousin of Jesus. I don't even know if they actually met until that time at the baptism. Because John said, I knew him not. I knew him not. But he saw the Spirit come down like a dove and lighting on him. Therefore, he recognized who he was because of what God said. You say, well, that's all Bible stuff. You know, where the, the book of Acts hasn't stopped. The book of Acts is actually a... Just a continue, it's a continuation of the ministry of Jesus through the Holy Spirit through the believers. And the Holy Spirit hasn't been sucked up back into heaven, and you're still believers, and the Holy Spirit comes on you, and He wants to manifest Jesus through us. Yes. So, verse 7. He says, this man, John, came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all might, through him, might believe. I think, that, I think that's our ministry. But you, gotta, you, gotta, you have to experience, you just can't, you know, it's okay to tell somebody else's testimony. I've heard some wonderful testimonies, but the ones I like the best are the ones that happen to me. <laughs> you know, I like the ones where I get healed. I like the ones where God saved me. Now, I don't mind telling other people's testimonies, but it seems like it's more effective as, as I'm telling what God did for me because it's firsthand. Well, do you know, whether you believe it or not, God is working in your life. God has saved you so many times. You know, the Bible says it's going to take all of eternity for him to reveal all the goodness that he's done for you. What's that mean? I shouldn't say this, but we're so thick-headed. That's kind of my mother saying. That's not exactly the words, but... We are so, we're so slow. We're so th we don't see what God does for us. We don't see how he saved us. You know, the devil's always trying to take you out, but the Lord is saving you constantly. Thank you, Lord. 
So John, this speaking of John, he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. Verse 9 says that that was the true light. The true light is Jesus. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. I believe that that light is it is making the true revelation of God clear to every person that will believe. You know, some of you might have grandma's religion. Some of you might have your dad's religion. One, one, uh, one evangelist went up to a guy and says... Um, what do you believe? He says, I believe what my church believes. Well, what does your church believe? My church believes what I believe. <laughs> it's back and forth. Well, really, he didn't know what his church believed. The reality is, is we've got grandma's religion, we've got our parents' religion, we've got somebody else's religion, but do you have a personal relationship with the living God who gives light to all who comes into the world? And let me just say this, that word light is not just something that, well, you turn on the light, you can see. That word light, without light, you can't live. You can't live without light. You, we, we can't, this planet can't survive without light. And so you can't live, and that's just natural light, but he's talking about a spiritual light that will shine in our hearts that have died through trespasses and sins, but that light makes us alive in Christ. Verse 9 again, he says, That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. I just want to say this. The light is not... God is not limited in who he's willing to give salvation to. He's not limited in who he wants to give healing to. He's not limited in who he wants to save and redeem. He's not limited in who he wants to use. He wants to use everybody. I was thinking about when Reuben was giving his testimony. I remember hearing, uh, would you be willing to go? <laughs> they used to ask us. Of course, we were in Bible school. You know, we were in groups like that. How many of you want to go to the nations? Oh, everybody raised their hands. How many of you have your passports? How many want to go to the nations? How many want to go on a cruise? <laughs> you might need a passport to go on a cruise. Well, you can say, I want to go, but have you prepared? Have you prepared? Have you? It's not just opening your heart. It's preparing to go. That's what faith is. God says to go, and you say, well, God, I need the provision, but I need you to show me. God, God says, uh, God revealed to us in an odd way. Of course, we were odd. I was graduating from Bible school, and uh, God, where do you want us to go? We had a little globe about that big around. It was one of those globes you put 
money in, change. So I was graduating from Bible school. This was about 1980. And so, God, where do you want us to go? So we spun that little globe and we closed our eyes. It didn't spin, so we had to turn the whole thing. It wasn't very big. But we turned it and then we stopped and we put our finger. It was Tanzania, Africa. Well, that can't be God. So we did it for three times. We didn't open our eyes, we didn't cheat, and every time it landed on Tanzania. And you know that both of us, yeah, we ignored it. We actually came here. And because of Dr. Cha-Cha's ministry, not only did Melody and I go, but Reuben also went, and others that were in the church, we went to Tanzania. There, oh, you guys didn't go to Tanzania. You didn't, when, you took the, when you took the children's group. Kenya, well, it's pretty close. You know, they're neighboring. There's like 15 people from this church that went one time just to go minister to kids. That's kind of supernatural to me. But God, from that point, and we thought, we thought it was not God, but God was serious. Don't ask God where he wants you to go if you're not seriously considering about going. Thank you, Lord. So verse, verse 10 says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Now, I've already talked about Genesis 1.1, but he made the world, but the world didn't recognize him. I think... I think the more we recognize the work of the Lord, the more, the more we are able to partake of it. How many have ever walked into a buffet and you just didn't look at it? I'll tell you what I used to do. I used to go in the restaurant and before I sat down, I scoped out the, the buffet because I was going to buffet my body. Like the Bible says. <laughs> but God has all of these, all of these things He wants to do with you and through you and for you, and we're not recognizing, we're turning a blind eye, we're not looking for it. But the Bible, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. Are we scoping it out? Or do we recognize? He says, he was in the world, the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Then it says, he came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. Now, in the past, I would say, the Jewish people didn't, recog they didn't recognize Jesus. But it wasn't the Jewish people. How many thousands of people followed Jesus? It was the leadership. They didn't recognize him. And do you think they had ample proof? I mean, he heals 10 lepers. 10 lepers, and then they have the audacity to say, show us the kingdom. <laughs> he feeds a multitude, for over 5,000 men, 
So it could be 15,000 people with women and children. And they say, Jesus, show us a sign. How many signs does he have to show us? Like I said, he's doing so many things in our lives and we, we're, we're just not recognized. So we can't point the finger at people and say, hey, they didn't even recognize, they didn't receive him. Well, are we, are we, have we rejected the loving Savior? That, that's what they did, the leadership. Verse 12, but as many as received him, the word, the word, as many as received him, the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. As many as received him, to them, he gave the right. He gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe. Turn to somebody and say, believe. believe. Do you believe? He says, to those who believe in his name. So we, we receive and we believe what God says about him. There's a scripture, uh, it's in Romans, it says, let God be true and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. You know, God makes so many promises and we figure out ways to deny him. Well, you know, uh, by his stripes we were healed. Well, that, that was, uh, was 2,000 years ago. God's not doing that anymore today. God, God wants us baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, uh, no, that, that stopped. Um, you know, God does miracles. Oh, no, that stopped with the last apostles. The problem is we haven't had a last apostle yet. You see how we, we, we cut out, we take away God's opportunity to, to show his love. Let God be true and every man a liar. What do you say about Jesus? Is he just your good buddy, the man upstairs? No, he better not be. If he's your good buddy, that's all you're going to get. If he's just the man upstairs that you have no relationship, you know, it's funny. Well, me and the man upstairs, we got, we got an understanding. You don't have an understanding because you don't know who he is. <laughs> no, you wouldn't call him that, really. So he gave the right, he gave the right, the authority, the power to become the sons of God. It's not just the right to become. He gives you authority. Why do you need authority? Because the enemy is trying to tell you you're not a son of God. You're not a daughter of God. You don't have any rights. No, God gave you authority so you can tell him that you do have rights and you're going to claim your rights and you're going to take your rights and you're going to walk in the things that God has promised for you. And he gives you the power. It's not just the authority. He gives you the power to become children of God. Thank you, Lord. I like this. Believing what God says about him is all through the gospel. And I am, uh, yeah, 
Believing comes, let me just say it this way. Believing always comes before receiving as a general rule, because you know how good God is. Well, Pastor, I didn't believe and God did a miracle for me. Okay. But as a general rule, the, the idea is that we believe first and then we receive. If God's doing things for you that you're not believing for, it is just out of his sheer love. And his sheer love is trying to get your attention. How many fishing guys do you, how many fishermen do we have here? <laughs> how many of you throw a line, have, throw a, look, a hook in? Now, I know there's probably ways to do it. You throw a hook on without any bait. Or the imitation of a bait. There's always something to attract before you bite. I did have a spinner one time. I'm not a fisherman, but I did catch a rainbow trout close to where the Ned Smith Center is, where the dam is washed out. I had a spinner. And as it went through the water, it spun. And it, there was no bait on it. It's just the attraction. You've got to get people's attention. And God will do things to get your attention so that you will bite. Now, he's not trying to hurt you. And God doesn't, for those of you that are fishers of men, he doesn't clean the fish before he gets them in the boat. You ever try to clean a fish before you had it hooked? I don't think they would stay around too long, would they? <laughs> yeah, they'd be, they'd be, I'm out of here. Exit stage right, you know. I'm out of here. But God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you, Lord. And I think I'll just stop there because Katie said I could go to quarter of, but it's a little early. She said, you've been quitting early. I said, I only have a half hour. No, you can go 45 minutes. Well, Joel told me. <laughs> Joel told me since the internet, how many of you have ever gone online and, and went to a website and it didn't instantly come up? What do you do? You leave and you go to another place. If it doesn't download quick, you're out of there. Yeah, next. So, I'm giving it to you quick. Praise the Lord. Well, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, how many of you have your, uh, we're going to take communion this morning. To me, communion is more than just uh, chewing on bread and, and drinking a little juice. It is a, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. So what am I doing? I am remembering not only Jesus, but I am remembering the covenant. And what is the covenant? The covenant is the agreement, the promise that we have 
with each other. We promised that we were going to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. And God promises to love us and to fulfill the promises that he has promised us. Do you know that in... In uh, Psalm 91, it says, with long life, I will satisfy you. Now, there is a thing. um, Some people live a long life and they are miserable. But I don't want to live a long life and be miserable. I want to be a long, I want to have a long life and be satisfied. Yes. With long life, will I satisfy you and show you my salvation? In other words, salvation isn't just a ticket into heaven. It is salvation is God's presence and life being fulfilled in us. And so as soon as I can find 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it keeps evading me. I I was in 1 Corinthians, but it jumped over to Romans. How about that? But anyway, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says this. um, Thank you, Lord. All right, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Isn't it amazing what Jesus does? He's betrayed by one of his closest friends, but he still, he still gets over that and still ministers, still ministers love, and he still ministers to, to his disciples. And he goes on to say, He says that the Lord on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it. So I am going to open this. I had it pre-opened. Here we go. Thank you, Lord. I could tell you a story by the time I get this open. (laughs) I think I will tell you a story. There was a, uh, I was at a pastor's meeting and they were having communion with these. And there was some guy that had never been in church before. And he's trying to get it open. And I don't recommend this language. I'm just, and I'm going to abbreviate. But he's trying to get this open. He said, I can't get this effing thing open. This was in the church service. But you know what? The pastor said, those are the kind of people we want in this church. Those are the ones that need to be saved. So if somebody says something like that, don't get indignant. Those are the type of people, you know, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. You should have heard me. I was a sailor. I could say it too, but we're not going there. Redeemed by the blood of the lamb. So, Lord, your word says that Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. So we thank you for the body of Christ, Lord, that was broken for us. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we're healed. We thank you that he's broken for us. 
And Lord God, there's still life in the body of Christ. Amen. Let's receive. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. All right, it says, um, so he said, we'll read it again. He said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We are remembering. We're not only remembering that he, that he was the word made flesh, but we are remembering all of the benefits. And he goes on to say, and it says, in the same manner also he took the cup after supper, saying, this is my, this is the cup of the new covenant. You know what that means? You're not living under the old covenant anymore. And we'll talk about that more in the days ahead. But this is the this this cup is the is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Father, we thank you that your word says if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. We thank you. There's power in the blood. For you said uh, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We are brought near by the blood. We are brought near to you. And Father God, we thank you that the blood has torn down the middle wall of partition that divides peoples and people groups, Lord, in relationships in Jesus' name. We receive the cup in remembrance of Jesus. Amen. And then he says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. And let me just say this. We probably don't take communion as often as we should, but you can take communion at home. And we always have it back there. Yeah, over there. You can take communion anytime because you are doing it in remembrance of him. And I don't have time because it's another sermon, but as you do that, as you talk about the Lord, he writes your name in a book. Not the Lamb's book of life. He writes it in another book so that he can bless you. He says you become his jewels. So we're going to close the service. We're going to ask the healing team to come up, the ministry team. If you would come up, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you to come up now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the promises of God. We thank you that you are the magnificent Lord. Ah, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power, by your outstretched arms, and nothing is too difficult for you. So, Father, we just pray, Lord God, that the Spirit of God would reveal not only to our minds, but to our spirits what you promised us in Jesus' name. Amen.